Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for MacBreak Weekly is provided by Cashfly at C A C H E F L Y dot com. This is MacBreak Weekly, episode 249, recorded May 31st, 2011. It's starting to stiffen. MacBreak Weekly is brought to you by GoToMeeting, the award winning web conferencing service. For your free 30 day trial, visit gotomeeting.com. Use the offer code MacBreak. And by Audible.com. To download a free audiobook of your choice, go to Audible.com slash MacBreak. And by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look more professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. It's time for MacBreak Weekly, the show that covers everything you need to know about the world of Apple and uh, Alex Lindsay is on assignment. I don't know what that means. He's just not here. <laughs> he's, he's on assignment. Do we know where he is? No. We've that China somewhere. We don't know. Fortunately, we have a beautiful cast, a, a stunning, stellar cast of fine people to replace Mr. Lindsay, including, let's say hello to Adam Christensen of the Mac Cast. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you, Adam. Longtime Mac uh, podcaster. I've been doing it for a little while. When did you start with MacCast? Uh, uh, it was December 2004. Yikes! Yeah. You beat us all. <laughs> You're older than this show, that's for sure. Well, it's nice to have you. Thank you for being here, Adam. Thank you. Also joining us from uh, the UK, Mr. Don McAllister. Hey, Don. Good to see you again. Your yeah, studio is looking more and more elaborate all the time. Are there more wires than before? No, not really. No, I've just had a. I think I've just repositioned the camera, so it's a slightly ah, different angle of, uh, of where you normally look in. But uh, yeah. I like to keep things fresh and you know, keep them moving. You're doing the Andy Anatko thing. He's always he's always messing with his studio. Ah, right. Oh, well. <laughs> so you know, it keeps keeps me amused. And right now, Andy Anatko is changing his backdrop even as we speak. But I've jumped in to catch him in the act. Hello, Andy. Actually, I thought I'd go to a 350 spot. I'm using a pinhole for my hair light, and I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not getting real the diamondism of the separation between background and foreground, but we'll get there. You, by, need, by the, you need a gobo. <laughs> exactly. Don't Everybody be so thrifty. You should yeah, see. So, so, and, and, so, and so I could you get like the, the modeled one they used yeah. to use in the adventure movies. So yeah. I could say, Sorry, love, sorry. I'm I'm here in the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> I hope the Haboto tribe doesn't see me because I've just stolen their. <laughs> I've just I've just stolen their golden idol. <laughs> they painted it blue so you wouldn't know it was gold underneath. Uh, you can see the cultural inf- influence of the Havotos upon Western society. Now it's a subtle thing, but it's there. It's there if you're if you're if you've got tenure, you, you're paid to look for these things. They always have the same animal sounds in those movies. It's like one animal ever. Yeah. It's always the same. That's all they bought the licensing for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, here's a precedent, an unprecedented precedent. Apple puts out a press release about what they're going to talk about next week. <gasps> Holy cow. Hmm. Uh, this is, I and even something unannounced as well, not just something we were expecting, actually something brand new. The iCloud has, has actually been written on paper and uh, they've announced they it. They said the iWord, yeah. And they said Steve Jobs will be hosting in the press release. 
Yeah, not that big a surprise, I don't think, because Steve does tend to make his appearance at these these big events, doesn't he, really? This is now the one speech of the year that Apple, you know, schedules on its schedule, right? I can't think of anything else they do. No, well, now there's kind of three going on, but there's only one that's presented as a formal, we cannot possibly delay this, we have to do this because there are about 5,000 people coming to hear us uh, <laughs> talk about things that are under NDA. So we may as well, before we, before, <laughs> and I think, I think we, have, we, we owe a debt to all the developers who are spending money to attend the developer conference under NDA because I think Apple knows that by the time they start the sessions that all the developers are not supposed to talk about, they've signed agreements saying that this is being this is advanced information we're giving to you under NDA. They know that the soon as that, that people are going to be live blogging it as soon as those words come out. So they may as well precede the yeah. NDA stuff with an open one so that they can at least control the message a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. This is the only, June is the only time when you know that Apple's going to have to deal at least some of their cards. And so that, it's, I think it's taken place at the January Mac World Expo keynote that uh, they stopped this doing the a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs, and quoting the Apple press release, Steve Jobs and a team of Apple executives will kick off the company's annual Worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC, with a keynote address Monday, June 6th, 10 a.m. We didn't even know what time it was until this press release. That's right. <laughs> but they've, nope. they've lifted the kimono and they've kind of done the hoochie-coochie. Not just merely a peak. We're getting to see a lot. <laughs> wow! At the keynote, Apple will unveil its next-generation software, Lion, the eighth major release of Mac OS X, iOS 5, the next version of Apple's advanced mobile operating system, which powers iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch, and iCloud, Apple's upcoming cloud services offering. This is the first time they've uttered the iCloud word, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. What is iCloud, Adam Christensen? <laughs> I think it's uh, iTools with an identity crisis, right? <laughs> Is it the music service? <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking really forward to seeing what, what Apple come, comes up with. I mean, we've been hearing lots of rumors about the, the iTunes locker, iCloud stuff. I'm hoping they're going to show us more than, than we're hearing about in the rumors thing. But yeah, I think a revamping of uh, a mobile me, obviously another rebranding, which is a bit strange, but... Okay, and then uh, hopefully this locker service. Uh, you know, I, the, the, all the reports uh, from the journal on down last week were that Apple has made a deal with at least three of the four major record labels. Uh, and that's something Google and Amazon neglected or decided not to do. So the presumption is that Apple will have something over Amazon's cloud music service and Google's music service. Perhaps, and I love this idea, a software tool or maybe it's just built into iTunes that scans your library and says, I know what you've got, so I'll put high-quality copies of it on the iCloud. You don't have to spend the time uploading yep. it. That, that's great. If they just let me re-download my purchase music from iTunes, even though, that would be something. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to just do that watch. For that's years. the thing they won't let you do. <laughs> right. So oh, you'll, no. we can have it in the don't, cloud, don't but you that. can't download it. Don't say that. Uh, it's not. It's <laughs> not up to Apple, as we know. It's all, it's always up to the music industry. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Apple's always Apple's always been the only company that could really arm twist the music industry to any real extent. What I'm really curious to see is, assuming that we, we, we're, I think we, well, everyone here kind of agrees that it's going to be you're going to be able to get access to music without physically having to re-upload it, so long as you, 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 they know that you actually have it. But my curiosity is going to be. Uh, I've got thousands and thousands and thousands of tracks that I ripped originally from CD. As did Apple 
successfully get all these companies to say, look, can we just say that if if Andy has a Beastie Boys album in his music library already, we can just trust that he got it legally? Are we going to force him to produce the physical CD uh, to, 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 to activate his ability to stream that music back to his devices? I don't see oh. the record labels saying yes to that because what they're really afraid of is that you Napstered it, that you didn't buy it. Yeah. But and they, they, they've already we've already heard hints that they will take whatever quality you cl- you have and replace it with a high quality uh, rip of it. If you if you Napster it if you Napstered it, oh. not on your hard drive but on the cloud, they'll, yeah, they'll put a high quality version of it. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, the whole emphasis changed now. I think uh, Apple are now the darling of uh, the music industry. I think they've, they've turned from being the bad boys who sort of did the music industry over, although they actually rescued the music industry. I think the music industry uh, you know, hasn't liked Apple for a while. But now that Google and Amazon have sort of gone behind their back and started up this music locker service without approaching the, uh, the music industry, or perhaps they did and were rebuffed or whatever. But I, I think Apple now have changed their, um, their whole perception uh, within the music industry's eyes, they're sort of like the people who are working with them now rather than working against them. Yeah. I'm sure that's done a lot of, you know, I'm sure there's been a lot of leverage that Apple have been able to do in the past, even the past weeks once these, um, you know, Google and Amazon have, have come through with their services. Can you imagine the whiplash we're seeing in the music industry? First we love them, now we hate them, now we love them, now we hate them. They can't make up their mind, but I, I think you're right. I think Apple, because they, of all of the three, were the only ones to say, here, have some money, presumably, mm-hmm. they, they, they are now. The best, but but I but you know I, I I just I have to think. I don't know. I'm just I just I'm assuming the worst. I, I, I'm just assuming <laughs> that it's going to only allow you to to store stuff in the iCloud that you purchased on iTunes, and it, and it will look at that Earth, Wind, and Fire thing that you ripped, you know, two years ago, and say, no, I don't know if you own that or not. How could you prove you own that? Yeah, I mean, th- there's th- that's what uh, previous attempts to do this sort of MP3. service. Right. Yeah. Where you, you, and even then, it really wasn't very useful. It would let you do that so long as you could, at some point, produce the physical CD right. so they can prove that you have ownership of it. And I've, I'm one of the few people who, after he ripped his entire library, didn't sell off his CDs. I, act, I actually have them in cartons and stored someplace. But you know what? If I, if you're they force me to re, essentially reinsert 800, 900, a thousand CDs, uh, you know what? I bet, I bet that I can torrent these a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just don't, not for my time. Yeah. I mean, don't forget, I mean, what was that study that someone did a while ago now saying that um, to actually, you know, most people's music collection within iTunes is like one or two percent is is actually music they've actually bought from the iTunes store. The rest is stuff that they ripped legitimately from CDs. So to only allow those uh, items that you've bought from the music store into the cloud, I don't think that's going to work because no one will have anything in there, you know. Right. Well, why would they, first of all, why why would Apple care about that? Because that's just cost them money to have storage. Uh, the record industry isn't going to encourage any kind of piracy, so or any kind of legitimization of pirated music, and uh, and Apple's going to want to sell more music. So it seems to me that everybody except us, of course, we're always the ones that nobody cares about, but everybody except the users uh, or listeners win if Apple says no, you had to you had to purchase it from iTunes. No, I just well, think that's I, a step too far. You don't think they'll, they'll do that? I don't um, think so either. Okay, so Andy and Don both agree that next week when iCloud is announced, it will use iTunes and look at your music collection, and no matter where you got that song, it'll make a copy of that song on the cloud for you. I don't, I don't agree with that. What I, th- what I believe is that at minimum you will be able to, uh, to make 
songs you already have on your drive accessible to this cloud service. Whether or not Apple decides to help you out by saying, oh, I've, 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 I've heard of this Beastie Boys album. I have this in the, in the iTunes library, uh, so I'm not going to force you to re-upload it into the cloud. We're just going to assume that we're just going to stream it directly from our own server. Oh, okay. But but for but for Apple to simply say that this is a, I, uh, the the music component of uh, of iCloud. Remember, we're just we're talking about a service that was, is probably going to have at least six different parts to it. The music component only works with tracks available on iTunes that you have actually purchased from iTunes. That's the that's the first three thousand words anybody is going to write about this. Well, that's true. <laughs> Adam, you agree? You think uh, I'm the one who's saying that Ad, <laughs> Apple's going to do the most conservative, draconian, the most restrictive. Thing. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I'm looking at it like they've already got these deals with the subscription services. The question to me is, will will they allow you to download that stuff? And I don't think so. I think you can you'll be able to re-download the stuff you bought through iTunes, but uh, but you'll be able to stream anything that you have. Stream anything that you have in there, and there's going to be a fee associated with that, right? True. So I think you're going to have to. It's going to either be bundled uh, as part of your mobile me or iCloud yearly subscription, or hopefully they'll even op- offer an option just for the music part for people to opt into for the streaming stuff, and then that's how they pay the royalties back to the record labels. And at that point, the record labels are already doing that kind of stuff with their entire music library. Right. Here, it's even more restricted because it's going to be what you have kind of in your library already and yeah you could go out and get tracks some other way but at least the music industry is going to be getting some revenue for that whereas you know without that they're not getting any revenue so so it's a blanket amnesty in effect the music industry says all right reset whatever you got wherever you got it uh as long as you continue to pay the 10 bucks a month or whatever this iCloud service costs we will allow you to stream high quality versions of it as if you're you now bought licensing it. the stuff you took. Right? You're, you're, yeah, because <laughs> in effect, we're getting some pennies back for it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. As long as they get something for it, it's kind of a blanket amnesty. And they're saying, and now going forward, you damn well better buy everything. <laughs> Pirates, you. I don't know. You know, that, that'd be a big turnabout. I mean, that'd be a big thing, I think. But um, doesn't it now here? OK, I'm trying to think like a record executive. Yeah, but here's right. the problem. Right. Here's the problem. I could see some guy going on to BitTorrent data, getting a low-quality copy, a bad rip of some CD that I'm trying to sell. They put it on their computer there, and they run iTunes, and now I'm giving them a 320-kilobit AAC version of that song, uh, perfectly good for free. Yeah, I don't Mama think it's high quality. They're going to be streaming it no matter where Oh, you made heads. <laughs> Well, and I don't think the streams are going to be higher quality, right? You don't think they'll be higher quality because that's the rumor. You think it'll be a 320 kilobit stream? Well, wait a minute. No, look, the whole point is Apple has one copy of every, you know, there's, okay, Saturday night, Earth, Wind, and Fire, they got one copy. And if you show that you had a copy on your hard drive, that's the copy they're going to give you. What are they going to do? Money? I'll make it 128 MP3? No, they're going to make it something good. 256. What is it they sell? 256 AAC, right? Right, right. I, I, just, I just, I would be surprised if they'll let you re-download stuff that you no, did. You can't re-download, and so it's going to be a stream. No, you can stream. only stream it. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're not such as like Spotify. Bit, huh? It's like, but Spotify's Spotify's losing money, and I don't know how long Spotify's going to be in business. They keep changing their rules. Now they're working with Facebook. It's clear yeah, Spotify's it's a, struggling. It's a great service. It's yeah. fantastic. It's a great service for everybody but the artist. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and that's the problem, right? Yeah. Um, 
Okay, I think this makes sense. Now, you, you, you've won me over, guys. So here's what we think. And by the way, iCloud will be more than music, but we'll talk about Value. that in a second. But the right. music portion of iCloud, when you run iTunes, iTunes will say you have all this in your library. Those songs, 256 kilobit AAC versions of those songs will be available for streaming only. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to re-download music, but maybe, okay, maybe you will be able to re-download music that you've purchased in the past. You will certainly be able to download music as you purchase it. You will have to pay a fee, probably a monthly fee, just like a subscription. And that's what that's where you win me over, because it's like Rhapsody or Mog or RDO. Yeah. You're paying, a, you're paying the, it, it probably won't be, will it be, ten, how much will it be? Ten bucks a month? I'm hoping they roll it into the mobile me subscription. So I hope that stays at ninety nine bucks a year and you just get it as part of that service. You agree, Andy? Yeah, mm. I'm I would I I see this as an annual subscription sort of thing. I'm not sure if they would do it as a monthly because I think they want to right. show off that there's value in here. And also I think they want to sort of distance themselves from the idea that this is sort of like Netflix where uh, this is something that you're buying in. Uh, you're, you're buying ad infinitum. I think it's more like we're, we're going to give you a year's worth of service that you're going to really, really like. I think so, they'd rather much get their money up front. A hundred bucks. Uh, That's a nice would, round figure, isn't it? Ninety nine, but I think closer to seventy nine. Uh, you can get it on Amazon for seventy nine now. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the thing that really makes it interesting is that there that two other companies have really the the the, the big trifecta of huge companies that can actually make things happen. And let's I'm not leaving Microsoft out of out of this intentionally uh, have already gotten into it, and so that very much they know that their service is going to be compared probably favorably to how well Amazon does it and how well Google does it. And Amazon right now gives you free access to their cloud service as long as you're buying stuff through their store. So that's factor number one. Google is doing a service that is right now in beta, so it almost doesn't count. But for now, they're saying that you can put 20,000 songs up uh, up online without any uh, without any access fees. Uh, but remember that neither of these companies have to pay royalties for whatever, the, whatever sort of things they're allowing their users to do. So it's definitely going to be a pay service, and it's definitely going to be more expensive than a lot of people are going to be happy with, which is people are expecting it to be free. Yeah, it's whether or not really it's going to be a separate service. I mean, I think iCloud itself is going to be much more than music, and we still don't exactly. know what all the components exactly. are. But, you know, Apple's approach, I think, would be rather than to split it off just as a music service, would be to, to, to you know, grab as many people into a into the iCloud service, right. and the music is just one part of it. And then that's going to affect the whole pricing structure then. You know, well, how, let's talk about what else might iCloud be in just a moment. Adam Christensen, Don McAllister, Andy Anako are here. Mac Break Weekly, episode 249 is on the air. Hard to believe we've survived 248 <laughs> episodes, but we have. How many Mac casts have there been, Adam? Uh, 300. Damn I you. 353 or something like that now. <laughs> we'll never catch up, will we? <laughs> oh, sigh. This portion of Mac Break Weekly, the mere 249th episode, brought to you by our friends at Citrix, who do that great go-to-meeting stuff. We love that. I'm going to do a go-to-meeting this afternoon, as a matter of fact. We're looking at the new website. Mm -hmm. And, of course, nothing better for demonstrating something like that than go to me. We've got some wireframes. We want to look at them together. I want to be able to go, what about this, and do it. Uh, and he wants to go, well, how about that, and do it. And we both see the same thing. That's what GoToMeeting does. It gets you on the same page. It takes a teleconference, a phone conference, and makes it something really engaging, really effective, really efficient. And gosh knows, I hate meetings. So anything that makes a meeting better and faster is good by me. It's all we do now is go to meeting. I'm almost tempted when they want to have a meeting, you know, down here in the 
big room to go upstairs and say, I'll, I'll, I'll call in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to meeting it. I want you to try it free for 30 days. Great for product reviews, demos, uh, sales presentations. You know what? It's, the reason I like GoToMeeting for sales presentations is because you don't make your client jump through hoops to see your presentation. Look, you're, you know, you're pitching on them something. You've got to make it easy for them. You've got to make it interesting for them. GoToMeeting is you send them a link, an invitation, a nice little email invitation. It says, you know, you're going to meet with Leo at 2.45 on Thursday. And they go, oh, cool. They have it. It goes in their calendar. The calendar has a link. They click the link, go to meeting runs. Even if they don't have the software, 30 seconds later, they're seeing your computer on their screen. It includes telef- telephony, voiceover, internet, or regular phone. You, you get a phone number and a, you know, a conference bridge and everything. So it's, it's something that uh, even somebody you don't know will appreciate. They'll say, yeah, this was good. This was easy. Very often they'll say, what was that? I want to use it from now on. Training sessions, weekly status meetings, all right from your desk or even better on your iPad. Sign up today to try GoToMeeting for 30 days free, 30 days of unlimited use of GoToMeeting. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click that orange Try It Free button, and use the offer code MACBREAK. GoToMeeting.com, Try It Free button, offer code MACBREAK. It's the best way to meet online. All right, so music service, that's kind of a given. Um, are we going to replace iWorks uh, online service? Are we going to replace Mobile Me? What is iCloud, Andy? What do, what do your sources tell you? Um, sources are kind of tight here, but there's a lot of evidence that's sort of out there for everybody to see. We all know from published reports what's going on with Lion. It's certainly also no accident that uh, the purpose the purpose of next week's keynote isn't just bits and bits and bobs here and there, but it is about iOS five. Our first look at iOS five and Lion, and we know that a lot of that stuff is a lot of the point of these huge new iterations of the, the, these two operating systems is to make the mobile experience and the desktop experience work together a lot more seamlessly. iCloud enabled, As, in other words. Not, not just iCloud enabled, but just to essentially make sure that no matter where you are, no matter what device you have in your hands, so long as it's got an Apple logo printed on it somewhere, uh, and hopefully if you've got Apple software running on it somewhere, that your experience with your iPhone will be almost the same as what you've got in your desktop and what you've got in your iPad. Like to it. that point, now here's, here's, here's another penny that just dropped. I think it actually just got out uh, with, when was this? About a couple hours ago. Uh, today, suspiciously enough, Apple has released uh, a new universal versions of uh, the iOS editions of uh, Pages, Numbers, and Keynote. So now, so now it works on the iPhone, it works on the iPod Touch. To me, this really tips off the fact that if you've got a Keynote demonstration or a Pages document on your desktop, you will be able to access it from anything and actually do anything you want on it. So these, are, these aren't just player apps. The, the press release specifically uh, spits out that you can create keynote presentations on your iPod Touch, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, maybe if they'll maybe they'll encourage people not to put four thousand words of text in each slide. If you have to like tap it yeah. up, you know, letter by letter on the screen. <laughs> wait, 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 let, me, think, let me understand I, this. I got to wrap my head around this. Does this mean full round tripping? Does this mean that the two programs are exactly the same on on iOS and on OS 10? Uh, for, I haven't downloaded it yet, yeah. uh, but the that's really cool. Yeah, seems to work. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? An upgrade to uh, uh, iWork on iOS so that it's equivalent to the Mac app? It, mean, it means that they're, they're updated versions of all three apps. They're just It's just that they're universal apps now. So if you already purchased it for your, if your iPad, you can essentially upgrade to the new one, uh, and now you'll have a version that will install on every iOS device you have. So it's just still, to still qualify the same the one. I'm, I'm, I'm unclear. You mean there was a difference in the past? There was an iPad version. Oh, I see what you're saying. There was an iPad. Yeah. 
But this, was, was there even an iPhone? For, I'm sorry. No, there wasn't an iPhone I, there version wasn't. until today. No, so I, now I they're – okay, now I get it. There's an iPhone version of the iPad at iWork apps, numbers, pages, and Keynote. The keynote. keynote. Does this – but this doesn't affect the desktop. It doesn't. It, it it doesn't affect it in that the desktop version remains unchanged. If you are using it, if you're using the iWork apps on your iPad for the past year, that now you can go change. to the iPhone. The, the difference is that now, if you have a file that you've created in Pages or Keynote, now it's it. just as usable, uh, just as you, just as editable, just as playable, just as creatable uh, on the handheld device uh, as it is on anything else you've got going. I got overexcited. I thought. We were going to have round tripping. This has always been kind of the issue is if you make something a keynote on the desktop and then you put it on the iOS, you lose. I think keynote is a, is a separate thing because there have been issues with, with keynote on the iPad because the, the, you know, the fonts and the transitions right. and things didn't match marry exactly with the desktop version. Um, so I still need to try that out. But I did round trip a pages documents and that worked and perfectly. 100%. Well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah. Yeah. One of the bullet items on uh, each one of these different items in the press release is about doc uh, new document managers uh, that affect all the uh, all the apps for not just having this loose pile of uh, of of, uh, of files, but also being able to organize them. And so they really are anticipating that you're going to be using Pages as a workspace, not mm. just as a little oh well, isn't it adorable? You can copy this Pages file from your desktop onto your <laughs> phone and actually make some kinds of weak edits to it. No, this they are really promoting this as this is Pages for real on the iPhone. Yeah. It's really good, though, because that, that facility works on the iPad. And basically what it is, is instead of having that silly, just a single page view that you can flip through to have a look at your documents, right. you, know, you just get a long list of documents that you can flick through. Well, now you actually get them in a matrix on a page. Oh. And what you can do is to drag a document onto another document, and that makes a folder. So it's like Springboard. It's like with your apps. You know, you create folders on, on, the, uh, on the home oh. screen of your iPad. You can actually do that with documents now. Great. So you can create multiple folders um, within the application, and it works superbly well. You can even pick up a bunch of documents and drop them on a folder. Looks like I picked a bad day to give up iOS. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your Android now, Messiah? <laughs> <laughs> so, and if you already paid for iWork, any of the three apps on uh, iPad, it's, mm -hmm. it'll now be on your iPhone automatically. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, although a little weird. I mean, I, honestly, I'm not going to write a document on my uh, iPhone, at least, but I will read. I could see reading it. Yeah. Quick edit. I mean, you're, you're on the road, you're getting ready to do your keynote right. presentation, and you need, you know, you realize you made a typo and you're going to present it off your phone. Well, you can make that edit real quick and cool. be ready to go. Yeah. It, do, it does represent, doesn't it, a, 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 an indication of how diff different their philosophy is, Apple's, from Google's. Google's is always that, well, we'll give you a web app. We'll give you Google. Right. We'll give you docs.google.com. And every device you access this web app from will be able to let you have access to the exact same documents. Exactly. Apple is aggressively saying that there are things you, can, you can't do in user interface on a web app as much as we like HTML5. And our approach is we're going to give you really great world-class world, world apps on every single device that you have so that's why i that's that's why my real interest in iCloud isn't so much the music even though i, I really have become a fan of uh, how android streaming uh, lets me have one library that's accessible everywhere but i'm really keen to see exactly how apple decides to say we're gonna have a cloud service that is fundamentally at the operating system level it's not a folder that you can interact with and it's not a set of apps that are in, intercompatible this is two operating systems that are fundamentally dis designed to be as intimate with each other through the internet as they possibly can be. Yeah, yeah that, I think that's and, one of the reasons. And he's hitting on something that uh, my biggest hope for WWDC with respect to iCloud is that 
Apple shows off to developers a really impressive API for accessing iCloud and its file functionality through iDisk. You know, some sort of integration that goes probably even a lot of people have always said, and I've been saying this, that, you know, I want Dropbox style integration for document management on my iOS devices. But I think it's going to be even beyond that. And and I'm hoping it's a real simple API that developers are given to just start tapping into it with their applications. And suddenly, you know, you don't have to worry about this document management thing. If it's in your iCloud, you have access to it. Yeah, remember the reason why Dropbox became the Godzilla is not necessarily because it was doing something brand new in cloud storage, but because it had open APIs. No matter what right. you were writing, you could always integrate support for Dropbox. So that's why every app that you buy has some way to share files via Dropbox. That's I think Apple definitely listened to that. Historically, that's yeah. how you get Apple's attention is use, is people start using it like crazy on iOS and they go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that exactly. really excites me, though, that especially with the with the announcement today, is that I think it's the first time that, that Apple have actually announced both the operating system, uh, new operating system for desktop and for mobile and the cloud service. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like um, you know, was it was it the perfect storm? All three coming together mm-hmm. at the same time. I mean, we've had you know uh, upgrades to the OS, we've had upgrades to iOS, we've had them all staged at different periods, but now all three are actually coming together. And um, that might be one of the reasons why they actually did at this, you know, such a late stage, pre-announce that they are actually going to, you know, tell it, give, sort of bring everyone in on the big secret and how they're actually going to bring all three of those strands together. Here's an interesting story from CNET saying that Apple's been working very hard to license TV and movies for iCloud. Now, this mm-hmm. interests me. Uh, you know, it's a Netflix, essentially a Netflix competitor um, in some ways. Right, because now I don't have to download it. I can stream it from iCloud. I kind of have it there in my cloud. Um, I don't know if they're going to rent or buy or both. Well, I think one of the major roadblocks for people actually subscribing to TV shows and renting movies is the fact that you've got your impulse that, oh, I, I missed that really great Neil Gaiman Doctor Who a couple weeks ago. I want to watch that right now. Great. three nine two one ninety nine dollars to rent. Great. Click. Oh, I have to wait now 90 minutes to two right. hours for this huge file to download. So, yeah, instant streaming would definitely increase their chances there. There is an issue, apparently, according to CNET, with the uh, HB the HBO window. They call it HBO has a window between the time the movie comes out on, on in the theaters and the time the movie comes out on DVD, where they get to have uh, the movie. And they're trying to figure out what happens now during that HBO exclusive window. Um, and then CNET says ultraviolet will be used, perhaps, for this. Ultraviolet is uh, essentially DRM. For yeah, it's ultraviolet. is is It's interesting because that's the one DRM to unite them all style right. DRM that all the TV networks and uh, movie distributors have agreed upon. So that at least they don't have you don't have to have eight different stores in order to sell content digitally. So that that would be an interesting move. Historically, Apple has not done much in that you know in those kinds of realms. They do their own thing. They don't like to join any industry consortium. Yeah, well, as the, as their as their whopping great Bluetooth support would uh, excuse me, a Blu-ray support <laughs> yeah. would, would really yeah. indicate it's a ba- it's a bag of hurt. Yeah, I mean, one so, thing that no one's mentioned in, in, in all of the discussions about Lion and iOS five really is is the Apple TV and whether that's going to have any place mm, in the announcements on uh, on Monday. No storage um, on the Apple TV; it's just a interface to the internet. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's got it's got eight gig of RAM, so it's you know you can run plenty of applications within uh, within an Apple TV. It's when they when they actually open up that platform and if it figures into their plans for iCloud as well on the Apple TV. Well, it would explain why they've never add, added apps to the uh, 
Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, perhaps just waiting for the right. I mean, they, they do seed the equipment, don't they? I mean, they've had it out for uh, a year now, so they've been selling them just on the basis of the limited functionality that they have, so that if they were to switch on the tap and start apps, Ooh. they've already got a huge installed base. Ooh, that would be exciting. You know, Google's doing that with their Google TV. I don't, they get a lot of coverage on their Google I.O. IO announcement, but they're going to put Honeycomb on the Google uh, TV box, including the uh, Android Marketplace. So yeah, they may be the first with apps on the, uh, on the, on the TV. I don't know. Well, now that now the box they can't sell that runs Android 2.3 will be the box they can't sell that has Android 3.1. 3.1 yeah. <laughs> Make those shareholders happy. Um, so what happens to mobile me? It just gets subsumed by iCloud? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. And uh, so my mail will now be, inst- it was it was uh, .mac.com and now it's at me.com. Now what's it going to be? I- iCloud.com? <laughs> Oh, it's interesting. interesting. Change it, yeah. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Does, did, I don't know. My my Mac dot com addresses still work fine. Yeah, they, you keep so, it right. You don't have to give it up. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to. I hate to have everybody have to do the same musical chairs in order to be. But I was John underscore L. Right. I got. Right. What are my chances? There, there's nobody else with an iOS device that has a that's, whose last name starts with an L. Right. They'll keep them all. So I, I, I don't think me that, or. That, that, yeah, that, that's one piece of disruption that I don't think Apple wants to be a part of. They they got into enough trouble, I think, when they just simply told everybody who's using iCal syncing that with, with, with a, via a series of increasingly distressing emails, you have to go to our site right now and fix the <laughs> update your calendars to the way we're doing it right now. Uh, and one one of the one of the, I think one of the most useful metrics personally. Uh, on how well companies doing is how many phone calls do I get from friends and neighbors and family members about, gee, should I mm. worry about this and mm-hmm. should I do anything mm-hmm. about it? I mean, during my doctor's exam today, a lot of it was a lot of it was like my, my routine exam. But as I'm being poked and prodded, I'm also giving a lot of answers as to, well, the difference between AT&T, I know they're worried about going to Verizon, <laughs> but the thing is that Verizon is going to have should a... should not be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so long as he's got the needles and the knives. <laughs> You're going to let him do anything he wants. <laughs> I, was, I, 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 I won't elaborate but it was i don't you know when you're bending over and coughing i don't want to hear well what cell phone should i get i just don't want to hear that i'm sorry (laughs) i I suppose apple could stick with their whole app approach and i'm just kind of thinking of this right now but i mean you could just call it the mail application is still the mobile me application running on the iCloud. i mean they could take that kind of sense with it i I don't see them wanting to change everybody's email address again you know yet again or give them a third one what about okay? What let's let's blue sky here though. What other things could they have on iCloud that maybe we hadn't really uh, thought about before? I mean, if they've, I mean, it's a big cloud service. What uh, could they do? Something like go to meeting, perhaps? Could they have a meeting service on there? Um, sure, they, could, they they integrate um, uh, backup. <laughs> I always get mixed up. What are they calling uh, FaceTime? FaceTime, you know, yeah. FaceTime and iChat are yeah. really that's a weird thing that Apple has going right now, and they they could bring that stuff together and make it, you know, a, a, a more of an online streaming style service if I'm just riffing right now. But, you know, it's really confusing right now to me. Am I supposed to use iChat for video chat? Am I supposed to use <laughs> right. FaceTime? What, what, what is it? Yeah, but if you think about it, even it going more profound than that, uh, I would really love it. To, love it if Back to My Mac worked a lot more consistently than mm-hmm. it does right now. I love Back to My uh, Mac mm-hmm. when it works; it's fantastic. Exactly. If, if you've if you've got a, if if you've got Apple routers and you and you. 
go to the, 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 the coffee shop you normally go to, if you say, here's a brand new Apple router that I would really like you to replace your existing router with, don't ask me why, but it would cost me to buy a lot more coffee and bagels for me in the future. <laughs> uh, that, that, would be, that would be good enough. But uh, imagine if there's enough development support behind the iCloud feature that your uh, iOS device can not just do a VNC back to your back to your Mac or your your PC and give you a display window, but also essentially take over the full screen mode that's embedded inside that word processing app or that spreadsheet app or your home finance app, and really reconfigure it to work via the via the internet uh, on your iOS display. Already, there you can do some really cool things with just remotely opening uh, an HTML view, uh, a web view. Uh, in uh, something as simple as Apple Script, and that's something that any dodo like me can do with existing software. Uh, you, went, you imagine what could be done behind the scenes where the user doesn't know why he can get the regular stripped down but a regular editing window from his home word processor running on iOS, and he didn't have to buy an iOS copy of it. This is just a feature that his home edition is lending uh, lending uh, to his iOS device. That's the sort of stuff that I'm really interested in seeing. That's that level of intimacy. They could do some really cool stuff. I agree. Yeah. I mean, and Apple are a, a company likely to do this, aren't they? Because that's what happened with, with the iPad. I mean, it would have been so easy for them to have just introduced the iPad with a standard file system. And I know they got a lot of heat because they didn't. You know, they sandboxed everything off and they said, no, we won't go down the, the route of having a traditional file system. We'll do it our way. I could very well see them extending that across, you know, all the platforms, really. It, it's, it's sort of like they, they now have the opportunity to do that, especially if they've got this glue in the middle, which is the iCloud service. Well, we'll find out. Anything we want to say about Lion or iOS 5 or uh, one more thing, because there's been a lot of speculation after this press release that if Apple is telling us all of this, won't there be one more thing, perhaps an iPhone 4S? Mm, I don't know. I, 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 uh -huh. I think that there's enough. For, from what I know about Lion, from what I... The, the, there's from what little I know from iOS five, all I, all I know is the shape of it. I don't know any details about it. There is a lot to say here, isn't there? there? There, there's not not only a lot to say, but the sort of things you can't simply say. Here's a side by side. Here's how much right. more pixels is on this display than this display. We're talking about things like how do you get people to understand that uh, here's how version version control is going to work as an operating system level thing, where not only will iCloud give you every single document that you have on your home machine, but also every single version of your document, so that if you need to rewind to uh, your calendar to two weeks ago to what it was before you deleted this appointment, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of very subtle things. And I think that one of the reasons why Apple was so... That, uh, took this unprecedented step into waiting until less than a week before the keynote to even declare there was going to be a keynote. I, if I were to take a guess, it's that they spent this much time really just workshopping exactly mm -hmm. how to convey this message, mm -hmm. what parts are important enough that this is, we've got 90 minutes of the, of the press's attention, here's the parts that are, here's what we want them to send, here's the song that we want everybody to leave that hall singing right. uh, on the way back out, as opposed to the Google technique and uh, the Microsoft technique is, we've got lots of bullet points, if we just talk really, really fast and we just have people talking simultaneously on stage, we can say, we can say all this stuff within 90 minutes, Apple's really going to have to pick and choose what their message is going to be. I really think it's going to be a game changer next week. It's exciting. We will be covering it live. Uh, it's actually put us in a little conundrum because uh, some of us are going down to Los Angeles for E3, which starts uh, on Tuesday of next week. And the Sony and Microsoft press conferences are on Monday competing with Apple's own. Uh, <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. Good luck, Mr. Ballmer. <laughs> so, yeah, Steve, it's Steve yeah. Ballmer's time to shine. <laughs> 
Sorry. Uh, so I think what we're going to do, we'll do live coverage starting at 10 a.m. Normally, this is when the social hour is on the air, 10 a.m. Monday uh, Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern, live.twit.tv. Tom Merritt will anchor that coverage here. I uh, hope, Andy, you'll join us. Are you coming out for this down now that you know what's going on? Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, right now, uh, flights are really expensive. Also, Stay on the home. Notes, the, 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 reason, the reason why I've got my I've got Lilith in front of me right now is that I've, I've, as of now, I still haven't been invited to this thing. So we'll just have to see whether or not my pre- I, if I, I could actually attend if I was if I actually showed up. I hope we haven't tainted you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> by your association. I've, I've I've rejected four really really funny but borderline filthy responses to that, <laughs> and simply said that I'm 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 sure that I'm sure that I've not been PNG'd from Apple. I hope not. And Adam, if you stop getting invitations, let me know because I <laughs> I never started getting. <laughs> oh, you didn't get them in the first place. <laughs> no, right. you don't same have here. To no. All right, good. we can. I've had to buy my going... ticket, so I'll be going. Are you going to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming over on uh, Saturday. In oh, fact, great. that's why I'm on this week. Um, I was hoping to come in next week to, to do the show in the studio, but because of the changes of the E3, etc., Eileen um, said, oh, come on this week because uh, we won't be able to accommodate you next week. So, uh, But, yeah, no, I'll be there. I'll be at the keynote. Um, I guess we'll be, do yeah, Mac Break Weekly on Monday. Yeah. And then because Tuesday we're going to be covering E3, so I guess that's what we'll do. Um, but, Don, I hope you will uh, report in. We'll have, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, cause, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, same as I did last year. As soon as I come out the keynote, right. I'll, uh, I'll give you a call. No Good. Problem. Good. Well, we're excited. I mean, I think this is going to be a big, uh, big uh, deal, and uh, there'll be lots of interesting things. And I have a, I just, I have to think there's going to be some surprises. For instance, Apple TV. This iCloud could really change how what Apple TV means. Yeah, and um, it could be the yeah. interface to iCloud and your television, and I think that could be significant. So I think there is more than just what this press release hints at. Uh, iCloud may have some surprises for us. Yeah, this is this is this is why I think there's been a lot of silence about what Google's been doing and what Amazon's been doing because they it's <laughs> this is the part which the Death Star <laughs> this, is the, this is the part which both those companies say that's no moon that's a battle station. <laughs> <laughs> Be very interesting. Well, we'll have coverage again. I will probably start around nine thirty Pacific, twelve thirty Eastern. Uh, Live TV on Monday. And I don't still know word if Apple's going to stream this. Um, they, they, you know, they've streamed some of their speeches recently and not others. So I don't know. But if they don't stream it, what we'll do is we'll watch the live blogs. Maybe we'll try to find a pirate stream. I'm in Los Angeles. It's not my fault. And, uh, and uh, if we can, we'll bring it to you in, in some form or fashion so you can watch here live uh, and find out what's going on. Or listen, because we also have an audio stream. I don't know if people know that at twit.am. Slash listen, and that works on iTunes uh, along with a lot of other uh, IceCast compatible clients like Winamp. Uh, Twit.am slash listen. All right, lots more to talk about. Adam Christensen is here from MacCast, Don McAllister from Screencasts Online, Andy Anako from the Chicago Sun Times. More to talk about in just a moment, but right now I want to tell you about the best way to send invoices. I just got two tweets this uh, last couple of days from people who got cakes. Birthday cakes from FreshBooks. I like that. Uh, it's not the main reason to use FreshBooks, but it's a nice little feature. The cake is not a lie when it comes to FreshBooks. Go to FreshBooks.com and take a look at their service. It's an, it's a, it makes invoicing easier. And I speak from experience here because, A, I'm a lousy invoicer, always have been. And, B, when Amber MacArthur told me about FreshBooks in 2004, I jumped on it, started using it, and it changed my life. 
If you have to send invoices, you know what a pain that is every month. You sit down right about now, right? Last day of the month. Oh, I got to send out. I probably just brought down some people. Yep, it's the last day of the month. Wouldn't it be nice to go to, in fact, this is the time, go to FreshBooks.com and take a look at what they can do. FreshBooks lets you upload your logo and they and then you send really a professional looking invoice via email. They'll also print, by the way, stamp and mail invoices for an additional charge. And I used to do that for some of the more old fashioned clients. But here's why the email invoice is so cool. It has a button on it that says pay it now. And your client can press that button and pay you with a credit card instantly or PayPal or Authorize.net. In fact, they've got 11 different payment services. According to their own user survey, FreshBooks.com users get paid on an average of two weeks faster. It's not, you know, I find it's not the client doesn't want to pay you. They hate paying as much as you hate invoicing. It's just a pain. This makes it easy. In fact, you could collude and set up automatic invoicing and payments. Love this. Every month on the 31st, automatically, FreshBooks.com sends out your invoice, and your client automatically pays it. Ooh, baby! Now we're talking friction-free invoicing. Lots of nice features, too, like the iPad, iPhone app that tracks your hours and automatically pumps that into the invoice. Currency support, which is great, because I had Canadian clients. I'm sure, Don, this would be useful for you, too. You invoice in whatever the native currency is. It automatically does the conversions. It's really handy. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Works well. You never have to remember, because they've got automatic late payment reminders. I could just go on and on. But, you know, it's free. So you might as well try it. Free for the first three. And for many of us, three clients is really all we need it for. Mark, May 31st is here. Let's do those invoices at the FreshBooks way. FreshBooks.com and use the offer. There's there an offer code now? It says offer code MacBreak. I don't think there is an offer code. If they ask you, mention MacBreak. But I don't think they ask you. Uh, however, they are giving away a birthday cake every week to new customers. So if somebody calls you and says, what's your address? Give it to them. FreshBooks.com. The secret behind easy invoicing. All right. So we got the excitement out of the way. This is very exciting. Let's move on. Samsung. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We had fun. Go ahead. We had fun with this on Twitter. Samsung says, okay, Apple, you want to see our stuff? Well, we want to see your stuff. Samsung has now asked the court to get Apple to give them... The iPhone 5 and the iPad 3, just in case. See, it turns out Apple asked Samsung to show them the Nexus 3 or whatever they're calling it, the Galaxy 3, and uh, which isn't out yet. So Samsung says, yeah, that, yeah, but we, we want to see yours too. This is that lawsuit over whether uh, Samsung stole Apple's trade dress. <laughs> Samsung, Samsung is also saying, at least the Samsung exec is also saying, that they don't consider an issue... In any way, they're not concerned in any way with uh, Apple's lawsuit. Uh, J.K. Shin says, we didn't copy Apple's design. This is in the Wall Street Journal. We've used many similar designs over the past years, and it will not be legally problematic. In other words, they think they've got a good defense. But as long as the lawsuit's going on, let's see the iPhone 5. (laughs) Somehow I don't think they're going to get that. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. (laughs) This is interesting. Amazon, and I tell you, if you go to Amazon.com, it's not, at least I couldn't find it on the front page, but Amazon has launched a Mac app store for the desktop. Mm -hmm. 
But but where is it? I'm looking on the. I don't see it. You have to go go to the right. I think it's under the digital your digital items. Your digital items. Oh well, that's of course your digital items. <laughs> uh, yeah, your Amazon Kindle, MP3 store games and software. Maybe it's in the games and software library. Your games <laughs> and software. I got to sign in. Let's sign in. After you purchase, you'll find it. Well, anyway, <laughs> if you know <laughs> you the secret the URL, <laughs> you think it's on here? Where is it? If you know the secret URL, you can find it. They obviously haven't committed a huge amount to this. <laughs> this isn't like a major thing for them. I, I Every time I've gone there, I've gone through a link in an article. Come on, guys, help me out. You're you're I'm all. Trying, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> this is not a commitment. Like all of us, every, everybody went and looked, and then went. Eh, I've got the app store. On well, my now desktop. if you search, the icon. let me search that. for Lightroom. Let me see because they were yesterday. They had a great deal on Lightroom. 120 bucks for Lightroom. Um, shop software. Shops. So if I go to the Lightroom CD-ROM, you click you click the wrong link. You click the My Downloads. You should have. Instead of clicking your games and software library, click on shop software downloads. Where do you see that? Uh, games and software under my digital items. <laughs> okay. Easy. Okay. Your digital items. Those are my digital okay. items. Games and software. Yeah, you see, yeah. You don't have to be no fancy Don McAllister to screencast. What's so difficult about this? <laughs> I'm asking you. Shop software downloads. Is that it? Exactly. Yes. Shop software. Done. Done. Here it is. Yeah, you got a new client. Oh, sure. Your, your arms get tired after a few minutes. <laughs> I on. found it. So, I mean, but look, they got a whole page and everything. They just don't put a link up. That's hard when you're Amazon because you sell so much crap. But uh, it's, al it's also interesting because I did a Google, uh, excuse me, I did an Amazon product search for one of the products I knew that was up there, Office for Mac. And it gave me the, 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 you know, the, 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 the Treeware edition. It gave me lots of books right. about it, but it didn't give me the actual download for a while. But now, by the way, it is a good deal. It's, uh, it's a considerable uh, cut off the list price, about 20, 25% off the list price if you download Office. Uh, yesterday, they were offering Adobe's Lightroom for less than half mm. the uh, list price. Um, I guess they're doing the same thing that they do with the Android store, which is every once in a while they have it. Well, but see, I don't see a deal here. See, the deal here is save $5. That's not, that's not compelling. Yeah, but it's just a page of software, though, isn't it? It's not like the, the, the Mac app store whereby they'll download it and install it and integrate it. Obviously, they can't do that. So it's, it's just a page on the website, it's just, basically. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they are offering this stuff for download. Mm. I mean, I don't think you could download Office Mac before this, could you? Um, probably not. I don't yeah. think so. Download size 890 megabytes. Uh, well, you can download this item for reinstallation from your software library. The number of computers eligible for installation will vary. So when you do buy this, you do have that. So that's where I went, that first link. You do have a software library of the stuff you've purchased. You can re-download. I wonder how they'll handle updates. But this is, you're right. They can't do, it's not the Mac app store, but it's as close as Amazon could get. Halfway house, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And it's certainly a nice response for developers, especially the major developers who didn't want who want to sell their software without having to enter any real agreements with Apple. Right. I'm sure that I'm sure that Amazon's giving them a lot more attractive terms than Apple is. 
And, and it's and it's good for consumers, like you pointed out, Leo. I mean, they're they're offering deals, so we're going to have options and places to go other than the Mac App Store to get better deals on software. And and if it's easy enough to download, I think where Apple's going to gain the advantage is the integration. And we were talking about, when we were talking about iCloud earlier. I think that that's going to be the key of this WWDC keynote is the integration right. of all this stuff and the seamlessness and the ease of use. I mean, that's where Apple's going to excel. But those people who want a good deal, yeah, I mean, Amazon's going to be a great store to go to and you'll be able to download um, your app from there and maybe save 20, 25%. Right. I do like the fact that uh, the Mac App Store, the Apple version of the Mac App Store, has you know all your purchases on other machines so you can install it, has, mm-hmm. does updates automatically. I have to say, though, it needs some work. I've mentioned this before. The purchase list doesn't seem to be prunable. And as I buy more and more stuff, it's getting longer and longer. <laughs> it also doesn't seem to be any in any order. So it's, you know, I mean, right now it's not a problem. But as, as time goes by, it's going to get to be more and more of a problem. There's little things like that. But I'm sure yeah. Apple will fix that. Well, yeah, Lion's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, has anybody seen uh, Lion's version of the uh, of the App Store? If it does it, in the in the beta, does it look different? No, but there was, there was something in the... Uh, 10.6.8 release notes that just went out to developers that they did some tweaking for getting the Mac App Store ready for Lion. Ah, so that's although a lot of people were thinking yep. that that is the rumor that Apple might distribute Lion or sell Lion through the Mac App Store. Well, they were doing that for developers, right? I mean, if yeah. you get the beta, it goes through the uh, App Store. So yeah, yeah. my concern yeah, there is the how do I make a bootable copy? I'm hoping they maybe provide a tool that'll let me build one of those cool little USB decks to right. actually boot from i guess there is an order to my purchases it's sorted by purchase date can i sort by name no just just purchase date so i have to scroll back through all the things i've bought many of which are crap by the way and <laughs> <laughs> i would just love to you know eliminate some of these i won't name any names but i'd love to eliminate some of these programs because i don't really want to see them in that list anymore yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, this, this doesn't just extend to the App Store. I'm still surprised that the iTunes Store, so much of it is kind of unpolished. Right. Uh, and there, there's so many basic things you want to do, but there's no obvious way to do it. Like when you want to get full information on a track, it really should be uh, move the mouse pointer over the item and get a hover link uh, to just give you that full paragraph instead of the first 11 letters that get cut off because you're in a non-editable table list view. So I, oh. I, oh. Forget Mac stuff. Remember last episode, Andy? It was the uh, hair episode. Yes. With Chris Breen and his hair and uh, me and my hair. And who else was on that show that had hair? Uh, Mr. Gruber. Uh, John Gruber. with the, And with Mr. Ng. and Yeah, with a lot of hair on there. So there was this company named Lanza. My name is Ryan Brown. I work for Lanza Healing Hair Care. Listening to your last Mac break, I heard you were talking a lot about John Gruber's hair. So now everyone in the Twit Cottage can have great hair. <laughs> no, that, that, no, that's not really possible. They've sent me. Nice of them to say. But they, really. They've sent me. Wow. I mean, a lot of hair care product from Lanza. I've never heard of them, but now I will be, be in ever. Oh, look, here's a hair mask. Now, put, do they have the clarifying gel? I'm going to put this on right now. We're going to see. Let me, let me see what it says. It says, use twice weekly as often as needed. Apply to damp or dry hair. Leave in for five minutes. 30 minutes for seriously dehydrated hair. Well, mine's very dehydrated. Let me just put some of that in there. And uh, this is going to really help the show. Yeah, look at that. All right. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Lonza. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is a little Pee Wee Herman, isn't it? A little eraser head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lyle, love it. Unfortunately, I can't really contribute to this section, can I? So <laughs> yeah, Don, you're kind of left out, aren't you? Yeah, well, you know. You want some um, hair care products? I don't think, wait, let me see if they have anything that grows hair. Oh, how about well, this? Given how, given how successful last week was, I think it's time to go for the, I'm sure there's somebody who does like mustache wax, you know, stabilizers, combs, beard trimmers. Let's go like for that. it. You know, Maybe Lonza does. And, and the mustache. I think look, at, look at Adam's hair looks good. You've been obviously uh, taking good care of your hair. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm going to send you, Don. We're going to put this podcast ever. I must say, <laughs> when you come, Don, when you come uh, out ne next week, I'll give you this. This is Lonza's healing style. Okay, this will heal your. <laughs> How's that stuff taste? <laughs> it smell what? It smells good, doesn't I? Don't I smell good? Oh dear, it's starting to stiffen. Uh, Healing volume. There's a, this is like this is this is like Christmas. Anyway, and so, and, and so this clip will be the answer to the question from every watcher of every podcast you do this week. How why was your hair look so funny that for that podcast <laughs> this week's? Well, because I did Mac Break Weekly just before it, and I got this impulse. And <laughs> oh, you're right. I have another show to do. <laughs> oh well. Can you do a Christopher Walken impression? If, if not, <laughs> yeah, learn to do yeah, one before your next. This show. would be good. This would be the time to do it. Well, thank you. Uh, very concerned. Wow. I get a lot. Thank you uh, to uh, Ryan Brown in in Lonza Marketing. By the way, his email address is at me.com. <laughs> so there. He's a Mac guy. No, I don't think that paper towel is going to do it. I think it's I think it's more of an issue. <laughs> well, if, if, if only you had some substance that was handy for washing hair. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Hey. They, they didn't send me any shampoo. <laughs> they must have. There must be some shampoo here. <laughs> So, uh, did you see the study by the Nielsen? <laughs> what? No, that's what Leo's going to look like for the rest of the show. I'm just moisturizing my hair. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, boy, right. it feels moister already. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Don't finish it until after I... No, no. See, Eileen was going to finish for us spray this finishing spray on, but that's not the time to do that. We have to do that later. Mmm, it smells like coconut. Mmm. That's the hair mask, by the way. Anybody wants to know more about this? And I know you all do. <laughs> you, might be, you might be interested. This is the Moi Moi hair mask, just in case you want to know from Lanza. Well, that ought to, that ought to get us, keep us in shampoo for the next six months. Uh, moving right along, the Nielsen-Norman Group. Jacob Nielsen, who's a usability expert, says they took 16 people and a bunch of well-known iPad apps, let them try them. And they say, these are too hard to use. People can't figure them out. That doesn't seem right. Uh, I, I, I agree with some of the stuff in there. I mean, especially when it comes to gestures. And there's a little bit of a, a dilemma going on, I think, with gestures. And specifically some of the multi-finger gestures. You, and part of the reason why I think Apple released the, you know, they have the new four-finger gestures that, were released to developers. Yeah. I've been playing around with those where you can slide up to get, you know, the the background running applications and stuff like that. And it conflicts with some applications. And there is kind of inconsistency. Developers can do different things with multi-finger gestures within different apps. And so you kind of have to learn the apps a little bit. So I don't know the study was really, 
you know, they're just throwing people into a brand new app. I, the ones you use, you get used to using, but there's still a learning curve. And I don't think that goes out of software. So I don't know if that's anything different, but there I, are some dilemmas. Part of right? the problem is that every app has a, like, you know, Flipboard is one of the things they used. And, it, it, you know, it's every app is a little different. Right. Now, yeah. now the argument is, well, a two-year-old could figure it out. But I think that that's because a two-year-old isn't like an adult. who an adult's trying to figure out how to use it. A two-year-old's just going, hey, nah, man. Well, also, yeah. also because also because a two year old doesn't have a doesn't have like twenty years worth of experience of what they're expecting an app to well, do. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. As my my uh, I think it's going to hit MacWorld dot com. It should either this week or next week. Uh, I filed this this column like about a month and a half, month or a month and a half ago. Uh, I wrote a column in which I said that it's really about time for Apple to start including manuals with their gear again. Uh, I'm not even talking about a big thick paper manual but i think that when you amidst all like the welcome to the brand new device videos that you get there should be oh by the way here is immediately without having without you having asked for it here's some incredibly cool professionally produced videos that will walk you through every single give you the the five minute boot camp on all the gestures you're going to need to know because uh, you know, we picked up a lot of the stuff of what you needed to know from well, the iPad. Well, they've kind of started that in the control panel for the mouse. Uh, I love the little videos that you get explaining how that works. I think that's yeah, a nice that's, touch. That's, I think I think that's more of an internationalization thing as much as anything else. But I'm talking about given that we have device, these iOS devices that have to be tethered to iTunes before they do anything. I think that's a good time for it to say, by the way, would you like me to download and install all these instructions? This five minute instructional video video. Because there, I think uh, the first time that someone shows you, oh, why are you going zip, 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 zip to try to right. scroll back to the top? Don't right. you know you tap the menu? Wow, wow. how did you do that? That's amazing. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Well, I yeah. didn't know that until right. <laughs> until I actually someone actually showed it to me for the first time. Right. Uh, so yeah, see, there, there is, is um, there, there is a problem in, in that there's inconsistency as, as as Adam says you know buttons are placed in different places, but the gestures there's very usually there's no visual clues. So right. unless, as Andy said, someone shows you how to do something, you know, you more often than not, you'll never be able to pick up on a gesture by looking at the screen. So, you know, it's that sort of hidden complexity. How, how do you That's actually tell someone or how yeah. do you show someone what to do when there are no visual clues to do that? And I think that trips a lot of people up, really. You know, they don't know they can swipe to move things out of the way or if they swipe at an entry one particular way, a, a separate menu pops up. And I think that's, that's probably the difficulty, really. It's funny. I get actually more manuals for these hair care products than I get for my Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I didn't read it. See, I'm starting to look like that girl. So, Harlow <laughs> uh, Thomas. Well, maybe maybe get the, the edges to flip down a little bit more. Um, also, uh, Jan Winner, the Rolling Stone. This was I. I loved this article. He's talking. Uh, he's talking to Ad Age, and he says, "Oh." You know, people, these magazines that are rushing to put out iPads, people are going to be reading the paper Rolling Stone for years to come. (laughs) Um, Especially with all the free time they have now, now that they're so close to retirement age. (laughs) Uh, Just, you know, talk about a guy in denial. It's, I was, I mean, am am I wrong? I mean, isn't this, he says, uh, he says, uh, what's your take on, the ad age asks him, what's your take on selling magazines and the iPad and other tablets? Uh, Jan Wenner, who used to be hip, right? He's the guy who started Rolling Stone. In fact, it's funny because at the beginning of the interview, he says, you know, I took, I started Rolling Stone for 7,500 bucks. Nowadays, started magazines, millions of dollars. He completely ignores the fact that people are now doing the same thing he did on the web. Only, you know, it's instead of a zine, now you used to do it on the web. He says, it's the same thing pretty much that I've said about the web. The tablet itself is a really fun device. Some people are going to enjoy it a lot and use it. Some people aren't. 
On this plane, his private jet, one person's traveling with a tablet, one's not. I guess it's just two of them. Well, because you're on a, you're on a private plane, they hire people to read to them. Yes. There's a certain yeah. trendiness to the thing, and it's a great thing, but is it a good magazine thing? It's a good magazine reading device, absolutely, he says, and where it becomes more convenient to read the magazine on that, that's got the advantage, but that's more convenient only if you're, only if you're traveling, if you're away from home. Otherwise, he says, it's still easier to read the physical magazine, which is widely available on newsstands. Are there any newsstands anymore on newsstands no. at airports and everywhere? Well, the, the thing is, he, he's, he's, not, he's not incorrect. Because given that if, if I want to read People magazine, it's only available in print, for one thing. Secondly, if it were available via subscription, step one is to spend at least $250 on a color touchscreen tablet. And frankly, as, as, as much as I'm curious to see why people were talking about Pippa Middleton's backside... Uh, I don't think I want to spend two hundred fifty dollars for a tablet. I guess you right. find out exactly what exactly what that happened. But but, but, I, but a lot of people have uh, tablets now. I mean, and yeah, more and exactly. more will. He says it's going to take decades before people start. I think I think it's going to, I think it's going to take years. It really it, not decades, but a few more years. It really is a generational sort of thing. Uh, if not for the fact in, in the other room uh, in the other room, I've got a book, a paper book. That I purchased via Amazon, and the only reason why I bought it was because number one, it was it was out of print for about twenty thirty years, so I couldn't buy it digitally. And B, I was indeed that interested in the book in order to actually buy a paper copy of it, rather than just simply put it in the back of my head that at some point if this comes back into print, or if some enterprising young chap were to scan it and then turn it into an illegal EPUB uh, to download it that way. So even I mean, I'm not I am you know I am an old guy uh, compared to you know about you know forty percent of the probably 42 percent of the population uh and even so i don't like buying things on paper unless i absolutely have to so so it's going to take a few more years for the entire generation to sort of fill up but he, until then he does use the word generational himself yeah. yeah yeah it's also in, until the until the revenue model for them changes in terms of the number of eyeballs and and the revenue they can get for ads because it's interesting because i was thrilled that wired magazine which i've subscribed to the print version for years just did their subscription thing and I just signed up for it. Yay. Now I have access to all the digital versions, which I, I like mm -hmm. those better. But my wife asked me, well, would you get, just get the digital version now? And I said, well, no, because if I get the print and digital, it's actually cheaper. <laughs> and, and I was thinking about, well, why is it cheaper? Isn't that because weird? they Everybody still need me it. as an eyeball right. to sell ads to the print vendors so they can right. make their money, right? Right. Or that's my theory. As to why. All, I don't they know. all do that. Wall Street Journal, I tried to cancel. You know, I said, I don't want the paper. I'm reading it on the iPad. And they said, good, that'll cost you more. And I said, wait a minute. I don't want the paper. I'm reading it. <laughs> right. Good, that'll cost you more. Because they yeah. need you as that number for their right. advertisers so that they can say, we have this many print subscribers and this is what the ad's going to cost, right? So when yeah. everybody moves over and everybody's on the digital version, then they can start charging more for that. And then I think, so that's why it's going to be years and it's a generational thing. You know, I still don't think always follow the money, right? You could follow the money. Yeah, I, I don't think they've quite nailed the experience yet. I still ha don't find it a compelling thing to actually read a magazine on um, on the iPad. Although I do enjoy it, but I, I don't think there's any. There's been like a killer a killer magazine app yet that that really makes it. Um, I mean, some are, some are too sophisticated. Some are too not sophisticated enough. Um, so I, I still think there's still a lot of work they need to do to make it into a really compelling experience. And I, that's, I almost think the problem is is that it's magazines. I think that. Uh uh, new publications made sense there, and it's trying to get these old publications into this new medium. That's maybe not going to ever uh, work too well. 
That's that's like saying, well, how can we get film into a digital camera? It's just not. Doesn't it make sense if you're going to start the next Rolling Stone, you don't do a print magazine to begin with? Mm. No. Anyway, interesting. Hey. It, it's worth reading. I guess he's not completely cracked, but it just felt to me like, well, here's here's somebody who doesn't get it. Yeah, yeah it's part part of it is just it's 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 the. You will only crack the digital transition when people can answer the question, is this going to be available in this medium, and anticipate the answer is going to be yes. Right. That's definitely the answer when you're looking at music. That's almost always the answer when you're looking at books. When you're looking at magazines, though, especially comic books, you're like, what's the, what's the point of even looking at this point? I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to be able to find it digitally. Let's do a speed round because there's a lot more stories, and I want to get to your uh, picks of the week. Does anybody give any credit to the rumor that Apple's next MacBook Air will not have an Intel chip in it, but will have an ARM A5, ARM-based A5 chip? Nope. No, 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 no. Four the, no's. The experimenting. Doesn't make any sense. No. No. Uh, however, uh, Intel is making a big deal at uh, Computex in Taiwan yesterday about these ultra- notebooks that are super thin super light they're really just macbook airs uh <laughs> two pounds all the same width same th- same thickness as the macbook air i mean everybody in the pc industry is trying to make a macbook air clone um but these will be based on the ivy bridge chips which are shrunk down versions of sandy bridge uh, and that's what we'll see in the next macbook air i think and that yeah. isn't going to be available till 2012 so if you've been waiting on a macbook air uh it's not going to happen this year I agree with you, you, Adam. We might still see the Sandy Bridge versions, I think. You think? I, 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 think, I think so. I think they're due for it now. Um, the Thunderbolt as well, they can sell an awful lot of MacBook Airs if they just include Thunderbolts. I just and, bought uh, a MacBook Air, Sandy though. I just, yeah. I just I don't want to... Possibly. Uh, Mac Defender, what do you guys think about this? There's a new variant now that says uh, you don't need the admin password. This is the really the, the kind of the, the coming of age for the Mac platform, the first Mac malware it's spreading via poisoned google image search you get a pop-up we've talked about it before that she says you know apple security center no such thing uh you have a virus download our mac defender antivirus it'll clean it all up apparently it's swamping apple's tech support lines uh ed bot who uh, is a windows guy let's let's face it says he talked to a somebody uh, anonymous at Apple Care, said it's practically all the calls we're getting, and Apple's saying we won't fix it for you. They have published a tech note on how to do it, but they're saying we won't do it for you. I, I think that's because ten point six point eight. It was again in the developer notes. It has a it has a fix for it, and it's going to scan and remove it. Yeah, so. will it scan yeah. and remove this new variant? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. And it, it looks like the same the, the same sort of basic advice that worked with the old one is going to work with the new one Good. too. Okay, uh, I, I have the I've unchecked the I personally have unchecked the box in Safari preferences. Yes, says automatically open safe, trusted, safe things, which is a pain in the butt because I really yep. enjoyed it when you download PDFs and they open automatically. But people are, yes, I self censored so that we would still have our rating. <laughs> people <laughs> are strange when you've got strange hair. Uh, the kid who sold Waz his white iPhone <laughs> is being sued by Apple. <laughs> Please. Come on. Really? Really? Isn't it enough just to sue Samsung? He's got, uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. This kid was selling what? It was a kit, right? That would turn your iPhone white. Do you have any back down now? Is it just, uh, it was just a cease and desist, wasn't it? I don't oh, know they're not suing him. They're just saying stop. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> Stop! I don't know why they would want him to stop, though. What's wrong with that? 
Was there some question about where the parts were sourced from? Or ah, maybe he has. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't also, get in these legal things. Anybody, mm-hmm. anybody with hair like mine should not get involved. Uh, let's see. Um, according to Nielsen, Android's lead over iOS may have stopped growing. We may have kind of uh, reached a stable point where iOS, BlackBerry, and Android all have kind of their market share. Smartphones are 37% of all U.S. mobile phones. Wouldn't you think it'd be more than that? But that's all. Just about a third of all mobile phones are smartphones in the U.S. And uh, Android's piece of the pie, yes, is number one, but it's no bigger in April than it was uh, the last time Nielsen surveyed the field. Um, Google's holding steady at 36% of the 37%. Apple's got 26% of the 37%. Am I confusing you now? And BlackBerry <laughs> has 23% of the 37%. And those numbers haven't changed. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing we're seeing the boundaries of uh, the advantages of having multiple handsets on multi- multiple carriers. That it wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to be something that was going to take over the entire industry, but it was. It took a while for enough good handsets to be out there running at least Android two point two or two point three before it could seek its own level. So I think that's. It's. I think it'll go up a little bit more, but I think it's not going to become the Microsoft in a uh, in a Microsoft Apple sandwich. iPhone owners are more likely than Android aficionados to download apps, stream music, or watch videos, but. Individual Android users who do that kind of stuff tend to gobble significantly more data. Nielsen analyzed 65,000 cell phone bills. That must have been fun. Uh, not a surprise because yeah. uh, Apple Apple makes that technology really, really easy for everybody to do. So that, that uh, flats out to a very, very smaller average. Android people who know how to do it, they have oh, they've overcome so many tremendous obstacles <laughs> to stream. So that they know that they, it is their intention <laughs> to just keep all the five, the five best Doctor Who episodes on a constant loop on their 4G <laughs> bandwidth uh, over and over and well, over again. Well, this tens. should encourage people who are worried about the 5 gig bandwidth caps. The average Android user consumed 582 megabytes of data a month compared to 492 for the average iPhone owner. Both of them well below the cap. Mm. Uh, I think that covers everything. Oh, no, good news. Uh, I guess if you follow Consumer Reports, good news for Apple owners. Apple laptops and Apple Care dominated, dominated the Consumer Report rankings for technology, for computers, the Apple MacBook Air 13-inch, the number one 13-inch computer uh, across the board, the Sony Vaio, way below the next the next one up. Um, Apple Care far better than any other tech support. Um, guess that's yeah, not much we, of a surprise. How much of a surprise? Look what uh, consumers' options are if they don't buy an Apple. Uh, it's usually Best Buy, and oh right. my. Right. God, <laughs> here's here's a knife with a serrated yeah. rusted edge. Yow. Take your pick of which one you want to go through between cutting off your own least used to used finger or actually trying to get the people at Best Buy to actually do something productive to fix your machine. Alaska yeah. Airlines dumping its flight manuals, giving pilots an iPad. <laughs> that seems just good. by the way, the iPad with good reader. Mm. Yeah, it's it, one of the reports I was reading says says a, a big reason for that is just the 
savings in fuel because the, <laughs> the weight. <laughs> I mean, Fifty it, pounds it of manuals. Funny, but it, it's a legitimate thing. Yeah. Does, does, they're saying those, those manuals can weigh up to 25 pounds. And uh, it's going to be a significant weight savings. And not to mention fewer back and muscle injuries caused by pilots carrying flight bags. Yeah. That's what they say. That's what they say. It still classed as a, a class one device, so they have to switch it off when they land and when they take <laughs> that's off. That's not so good for a manual. I'd like <laughs> to read the manual right now, but we're landing. <laughs> it will result in the savings of about 2.4 million pieces of paper. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that's an immense. I've heard that's an immense amount of paperwork that just to keep those manuals updated. Can you imagine? Uh, is is a huge yeah. expense and also a huge pain in the butt that pilots just don't like at all. Yeah, uh, and also also with with the less paper in those bags, that's more room they can have for smuggling watches and, uh, and alcohol. <laughs> and alcohol. So yeah. the pilots, the pilots' union was was one hundred percent on board that. this idea. The most expensive iPad apps are a thousand dollars. There's one for um, uh, people studying for the bar, Bar Max iPhone and iPad, they allow law students to study for bar exams in California and New York. I guess if you're trying to get a, you know, be a lawyer, a thousand bucks for an app is not so bad. There's another one called Alchemist SMS, which is geared towards steelmakers in the recycling industry, a tool for calculating costs for raw materials, and Solo Wolf Vision, also a thousand dollars. I just want it for the name because it would match my hair. Uh, it's a technology that allows control over Wolf Vision visualizers. They're high-end projectors. I thought that wasn't that a Rutger Hauer character in a 1987 <laughs> a pilot that wasn't picked up ABC. Wolf Vision, or was Solo it? Wolf Vision? <laughs> Damn it, Solo! I know you think you've got special powers, but you're gonna bring in that perp by the book this time. And you're, gonna, and you're getting a new partner. I work solo. <laughs> Not this time, Wolf Vision. Rutger Hauer is Wolf Vision. I, I am seeking a representation for a TV writing. That's, that's just a small step of the magic that Andy Napco can deliver to your production. In a world where a man who looks like Wolverine can write television scripts like this. Uh, let's take a break and we're going to get our picks of the week. I'm Who am I to say you look like Wolverine? I I, I, I don't know. I look, I look Actually, like... A, You've kind of got the Wolverine hair from here up. I've got it from here up. <laughs> if your sideburns and my hair were set. <laughs> I should do an ad for Lanza Healing Volume, which is what I've... No, I'm sorry. What do I have in my hair right now? I don't The even mask. Know. It's the mask. Thank you. you you're obviously uh, attuned to hair, Paying hair attention. products. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing Mwah Mwah Hair Mask. Deep Moisture Therapy for Dehydrated Hair. Uh, but that's not who's doing the ad this particular break. This break, we're talking about Audible.com. I love Audible. I don't have to say it. Uh, I know you've heard me say it. It's uh, it's the uh, ultimate bookstore uh, online because it's audiobooks. And I got to tell you, um, oh, wow, Interview with the Vampire, now unabridged. Oh, I'm a big Anne Rice fan. And I, I have to confess, I... I listened to the abridged version, but this is one of my favorite books. Simon Vance is one of my favorite narrators. Look, here's the deal. If you go to audible.com slash MacBreak right now, you'll be signing up for that gold account. That's a book a month. But, so your first book's free, your first month's free, and you cancel it any time. So, in effect, you get this book for free. This is a great book. Andy, I'm sure you have some recommendations. I just love Simon. Let me just listen to Simon Vance for a little bit, because he's very soothing. Confidentially. Don't be afraid. 
Just start the tape. Oh, boy. And then he reached out over the length of the table. He's less The boy out. recoiled, sweat running down the sides of his face. <laughs> the vampire clamped a hand on the boy's shoulder and said, Believe me, I won't hurt you. Believe me, I, wa I won't hurt you. Mm, I got it down with this. I've read this book like eight times and I still got to get it. It's such a good book. Audible.com. Here, this is the problem. You, you go to audible.com and you've got 75,000 titles to choose from. It's kind of hard to limit yourself to just one. So sign up for the gold account. Try your first book. It's free. And uh, you know, what the hell? If you end up uh, being an Audible uh, listener, you'll be happy. Because from now on, when you're in the car, you're at the gym, you're cleaning house, you've got great books to listen to. I am a huge Audible fan. What are you What are you listening to these days, Andy? I don't know if you prepared a pick for us or not. No, no. I, I, I went a little bit deep catalog uh, this time. Because uh, I was looking for, I was looking for my next book to download. Because I've got a couple of them back. Wait up. a minute, this is uh, a kids' book. It's a kids' book, but it's a wonderfully written kids' book. It's Henry Huggins by Bever Henry Huggins it. by Beverly Clearly. I love all Clearly. her stuff. She's my favorite. And, exactly, and that, that, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the my, the first incidence of uh, as uh, of a lifetime of. Oh my God, that was like the most awesome book ever. I gotta now go buy every single book that this character <laughs> appears in, which George Lucas would then use to his great advantage <laughs> with the Star Wars series for me. Uh, but uh, it's narrated by Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, who does a really, really great job with it. Uh, the the fact of the matter is, though, there's so many times that I download these like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 hour books, and sometimes and they're they're always those spans where a great span, then there's a chapter you're not really interested in. But you got to sort of stick through it because that's where you get to the good stuff. Uh, this, the great thing about a book like this is it's it's short. It's two and a half hours. It has a strong narrative with clearly defined characters with a beginning and a middle and an end. This was not an author who was trying to impress you no. about her ability to crystallize <laughs> all of humanity and its ineffability no. into a new shared experience that would elevate society. Mm. No, she had an idea about a little boy who finds a dog named Ribsy, Ribsy an enormous dog named Ribsy and his problems in trying to get him fed and take care of him and make sure that he's a good dog and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's not cloying. It's not stupid. It doesn't talk. It helps that Cleary was not writing a book to talk down to kids. She was just trying to tell a really, really good story. Uh, also, the chapters themselves are rather episodic. So by the time you get back, this is essentially one week's worth of uh, commutes to work and back in which you will get through one chapter pretty much uh, through every commute. You'll be done with it by the end of the week, but you will be very, very pleased to say after 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 a day of, okay, so today I had to tell a family whose house burned down, who lost all their pets, <laughs> that unfortunately because the, the, the envelope was postmarked in the wrong post office, I'm not giving them coverage. Let's return to a simpler time when people were happy and things sort of worked out. And I didn't think of myself as a total bastard who will do anything for to keep his job. I didn't okay. know you worked in the insurance industry, Andy, but... Uh... No, that's how I imagine it being. If, you, if, if any of our listeners work in the insurance industry, I'm sure your experience is different. I'm sure you're not the person. <laughs> your mileage may vary. You're not, you're, you're, your boss does not come into your office saying, Jenkins, this, this kid isn't dying of cancer fast enough. Find a way to terminate the policy oh, or the kid. I don't care which oh, one. Lord. You know what? This, it is a kid's book, and they have all of the Beverly Clary books. These are the greatest books ever. I read most of these to my kids. If you've got kids or young adults uh, in the family, Audible's great for them. And some people may say, well, I like reading my kids, and I do too, but giving them books they can listen to, we, we know from studies shows that they do read at a higher uh, uh, reading level quicker. They fall in love with books. 
and they listen more. They've got the whole Ram- Ramona series, the whole um, Henry Huggins series. She is one of my favorite children's authors. That's so cool, Andy. Great pick. Yeah, that, 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 I, I like Audible because you really can go deep catalog like that. Oh, yeah. uh, if, if there's whatever, as a matter of fact, I first discovered that all these books were were available when I was so disgusted by the trailer for the Mister Popper Popper's Penguins. Oh, what a great book! Uh, movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, again, a great book. Again, I, I saw the I saw the trailer with Jim Carrey, and I'm thinking, no. oh. I don't remember the fart jokes or the yeah. time when Mr. Popper got hit in the nuts, but no. okay, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Uh, and so I looked, I, I looked for the Kindle edition, which is coming out in two weeks. So I pre-ordered that one, and then I saw a link to the Audible edition, which yeah. I almost bought, but I listened to the preview, and you don't. Unfortunately, this particular title, if Audible is listening, you don't get enough of a sample to find out if the narrator is really, really good or not. Because if, if he settles down from the tone he adopts for the first couple pages, that's fine. If he doesn't, then you. Keep clicking to say, oh, you're also suggesting, oh, Henry Huggins. I love those yeah. books. I'm so totally you know, it's funny. unfortunate because they put Jim Carrey on the cover of this book, but uh, it's such a yeah. great book. It's probably oh. worth it. Anyway, yeah. get the Beverly Clary books and the Henry Huggins books. They're one- wonderful. Good recommendation. Thank you, Andy. Now I've got a whole bunch of another- more books i got to. Audible.com slash MacBreak. Give it a try today. You're going to love it. We just love it. It plays on your all your eye devices, but also on the Zune, the Kindle, and uh, many GPS devices, and even on your computer. I listen to books all the time. In fact, sometimes now, now when I can't sleep, instead of turning on the light and getting a book, I'll just uh, plug my headphones into my iPhone, because they've got a great iPhone app, and I'll listen, and it's great. It puts me right to sleep. Love it. Audible.com slash MacBreak. Time for our picks of the week. Let's start with Mr. MacCast Adam Christensen. You're going to start with me. All right. I'm, I have, you know, it's funny because everybody, a lot of people were really into Pandora. And I just really started getting into it over the last year on my iOS devices. And uh, I love Pandora. And I wanted to find something for listening on my Mac. And so I did some poking around. And I think, I can't remember if I found this in the App Store or not, but there's a great application called Pyrecast. P-Y-R-C-A-S-T, and it runs as a little menu bar icon and also a little window and lets you log into your Pandora and access all of your Pandora while you're running on your Mac. And then the other thing that I'm really into uh, right now is all Apple's AirPlay stuff, and I have an Airport Express connected to some speakers. So I coupled this with sort of a side pick. I'm going to make a side pick here of Rogue Amoeba's Airfoil, Mm -hmm. which will let you route audio from your Mac to uh, an Airport Express you know, air speakers or airplay device. And so I use those two when I'm sitting in my office working and stuff like that to put on Pandora in the background of my office. And it's just an awesome combination. So we got to get you a, we got to get you a Sonos (laughs) 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 and you can get rid of all that stuff and just does it. But that, now this is good. I'm going to take a look at this Pyrocast. Now you can listen to Pandora on their web app, but, but this is, this is better. I wanted something that was just on the background on my Mac, kind of integrated, and I like yeah. the fact that it was a little menu bar icon. I can go up there if I want to check out the information. I can see it, it has a direct link to uh, to iTunes. It's not running as a as a Flash thing. At least right. Pandora used to run as a Flash app it's, in I the web browser. Does, I think yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who wants so, to have Flash running all the time? It uses so many cycles. Yeah. Pyrecast. So Pyrecast. Yeah. I like it. Thank you, Adam. Andy Anotko, your pick of the week. My pick of the week is that most exciting of product, 
the iPad case. <laughs> now, it, it, it takes it takes a lot for me to actually think that an iPad case is cool. And I've seen all I've seen all the cool kinds of oh look, this one's made out of leather. Oh look, this one is designed to look like an etch a sketch. Oh look, this one transforms into the the head of of, of, of Louis Casey Louis C.K. I don't care. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. It's cool. But I'm not going to spend forty, fifty, sixty bucks on this sort of thing until someone showed me what I believe. If you're buying a iPad case for the purpose of it being a really cool looking iPad case, you have to go to OberinDesign.com. Oh, we have one of these. I love them. These, yeah, these really cool leather covers. They have got about two two dozen different kind of designs. Some just of them up are just the, up the road a piece, Andy. Yeah, some some of them are very Lord of the Ringsy. Some of them are very. Some of them are more uh, more Japanese style. Some of them are Celtic style. But man, these are things are beautiful. Uh, leather yeah. designs, uh, pewter fittings. Uh, you get little. They, they give you little like <laughs> other little toys in the box. Uh, partly because they are charging 130 bucks for these. Uh, but uh, if I, I, my, my feeling is that again, if you're spending money for a really cool case, don't get a half cool case. Get the one that will unfortunately bring all your work to a standstill because people want to know exactly, mm -hmm. you know, why. <laughs> where did you get that case? Oh my god, it's so cool! And also, I suppose the, the fact that it's got like business card holders and a couple little and a pocket for papers in it. Well, that means that it's it's a, it's more of a business uh, productivity tool as well. Absolutely, so, and tax deductible. Like, I, Factor in the $30, $40 you would spend for a boring case and the, let's just say the $80 you would have spent for a business card holder and the $30 you would have spent for a pack of leather envelopes for your papers. And this is actually quite a, bar quite a bargain. But once again, if you, want some, if you want something that's really pretty and really cool, why not get something that's actually really pretty and really cool as yeah. opposed to yeah. otherwise – it's 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 not it's not cheap, but I think it's also a very a very good value. Oh, they're gorgeous! It really, does. It really know, is a beautiful. They're up the road in Santa Rosa, very near us, and uh, they stopped by with one, which uh, I used for a while, and Lisa's been using it, and they're just beautiful. I could vouch for the quality and the. Uh, there's there's nothing there's there's nothing cheap looking about these no. things. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't look like they just actually found a source in Shenzhen who just stamps these out of vinyl and it, it falls apart after after two weeks. These really are very very handsomely produced. Absolutely, things. good good pick. And uh, and I'm going to let Don McAllister steal my pick, but I guess it really wasn't much of oh. a surprise. No, no, because this is a big story, and I'm I, I want you to tell it. Right, this is the um, this thing is full of hype. It's all about hype. It's all about hype. I'm fascinated, um, and I'm glad you because I want to know about this. Yeah, it's a brilliant application. Uh, basically, it's two ex-Apple employees who've uh, left Apple and have started up their own company. Um, I think they've done um, a HTML editor before, but this is a brand new application. Uh, basically, it's an app that allows you to create HTML5 content for the web. So what you can do is you can go in, you can uh, animate, uh, animate images, um, insert movies, you can um, create interactive buttons. Basically, you can create a full website with this package if you wanted to, but uh, it's just it's just really, really easy to use. It uses keyframes, so you can sort of animate things very, very quickly. Uh, just throw in a couple of images, grab an image, uh, start uh, selecting keyframes uh, on a timeline, and then the actual image will actually animate uh, in conjunction with the way that you've actually set up the keyframes. It sounds complex, but it's very, very simple. Within 10 minutes, you're up and running with it. It's very, very easy to do. So you can create um, content if you just want to do say uh, an invitation or something that you just want to post on the web you can do or if you want to create a, an interactive graphic or an animated graphic that you want to embed on an existing web page you can do that as well or create a, a standalone web page you can also um, upload to Dropbox 
So if you create um, a, a web, an interactive web page or um, an animated web page that you just want to um, let people have access to quickly, you can actually, from within the application, export to Dropbox directly, uh, send people the link, and then they'll see this beautifully rendered HTML5 um, piece of content that you've created. And of course, with it being HTML5, it will work on your desktop, it will work on your iPad or your iPhone, uh, work on Android. Um, so, you know, it's um, uh, get, get you away from having to go to something like Flash and, and learn and understand how to use all the different animation controls within Flash. You just basically do it within this application and it uh, creates the content for you automatically. That's how they've been pitching it is, is basically it's a Flash replacement that works on iOS. It's it's a great way to and, and even on the um, uh, they give you some predefined templates, you know, template sizes. They even give you sizes for like standard uh, ad inserts and stuff. So you could at a push uh, create your own sort of um, animated ads and stuff if you want to put them on your website. And they're not Flash; they're actually HTML5. But uh, very very impressive, very easy to use. Really, really, really interesting. Thirty dollars right now. That's their introductory. Mm -hmm. Uh, price. Uh, I was a little scared off because I saw uh, some negative reviews uh, saying it crashed or I wasn't able to save it. Uh, but you haven't had any trouble with it? Not really. Well, they've uh, since it's it's only version. It's a version one product, um, right. but they've since released uh, one point zero point one, which has yeah. sorted some of the bugs out. But yeah. um, no, I've been using it uh, most of today, and it's been it's been fine, no problems. Yeah, but very intrigued by it, uh, and mm -hmm. I was going to make it a tentative pick. Uh, pending, uh, you you know, some some bullet more more uh, bulletproofing, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like it's ready ready for prime time. That's exciting. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm actually going to do. There are tutorials on the site, but I think I'm going to do a tutorial on it next week. Excellent. That that puts me over the top. Mm -hmm. Don's at screencasts online. Great screencasts for all sorts of things. It's too bad we don't have the. Uh, Smile uh, uh, software people on this week because, of course, you do their great screencasts for... That's uh, right, that's right. For, yeah, uh, I've got a brand new landing page now at screencastonline.com. I'm very, very pleased with it. It looks much different from the uh, from the original version. Oh, I, so, haven't, I haven't seen it. Let me go... So, oh, yeah, well, I only launched it last night, so it's, uh, it's still uh, relatively fresh. Screencastonline.com. There's lots of free stuff there, but do subscribe because uh, subscribers get all the best stuff from Don McAllister. It's a really great way to learn how to use... Uh, Mac apps, and he's been doing it for quite some time. Screencasts. Yeah, episode 300 next week. Wow. You're way there ahead you of us, too. <laughs> wow. And Don will be out next week for, I see, yeah, you just did 299. Don will be mm -hmm. out next week uh, for uh, the uh, WWDC keynote, so we'll get you on uh, again next week. On yeah, sure. Yeah. Great no week to talk about whatever the hell iCloud is. Indeed. And all of the rest. Adam Christensen, I'm sure, will be covering yeah. it on MacCast. MacCast is... The oldest and the best Macintosh podcast, MacCast. Thanks. Hey, Leo, real, real quick. Uh, the chat just told me Pyrocast got pulled by uh, Pandora. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> from the app store. So my pick isn't there. So I'm going to throw this throw this out for everybody. There's a there's a great game for the iPad called From Days of Wonder based on a board game called Ticket to Ride. Go get that instead. Well, you can still get Pyrocast from the website, though, right? I don't see it there, so oh, just in case. Pandora might have killed it. Oh, that's Well, we hope you all got it before it got killed. <laughs> oh, man. I was, I was, I got, you know, tapped to, to come on real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's not your fault. Not your fault. Library, it's but... a good one. It was a good pick. It was too yeah. good, apparently. <laughs> Go to MacCast.com for MacGeeks, buy MacGeeks, and hear more of Adam Christensen. He's the greatest. Thank you for coming in at such uh, short notice. We really appreciate it. 
Thanks. Andy and Ock, I'll be back next week to cover the WWDC conference. And, of course, he's every week on MacBreak Weekly. You'll find him at the Chicago Sun-Times or on his own website at www.cwob.com. And is that a Boston Public Library picture behind you there? That is Bates Hall. Uh, constructed as part of the new McKim building, uh, which replaced the old Boylston Street address in about 1895. The construction was completed. Ah, beautiful. It is. You can rent it for $28,000 for weddings and other private Can functions. you really? Wow. You can You can indeed. And that, <laughs> I have never wanted to be a millionaire so much in my life, <laughs> so much as to be able to say, yep, ever, all you people, out. <laughs> I got this place for an hour, and I've got the, I've got the slip and slide. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Thank you all for being here. We do this show every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern at live.twit.tv. That would be 1800 UTC for those of you living around the world. We know we have lots of international uh, listeners. Next week, we are going to be on Monday starting uh, around 9.30 Pacific, 12.30 uh, Eastern so that we can give you live coverage of the WWDC keynote. Tom Merritt will be anchoring with Andy, and uh, and I'm sure Don will join us as well. And maybe by then my hair will be uh, washed. The That's going to be so it will lush. Look even better, because you, you will have been using the neutralizers uh, for an entire week. That's right. Ultimate gel healing style. Thank you. Thank you. I think I think I think the, I think the show title is going to be "There's something about Leo." <laughs> Thank you to Ryan Brown at Lanza for sending me uh, the stuff that's in my hair. Uh, thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Now get back to work. Break time's over. Why would you put clay in your hair? Yeah, I guess you know. Is that is that like I you know I use I I switched to using a paste instead of a gel. And I could tell. You know I like it a lot better. <laughs> Thanks everybody. <laughs> we'll see, see you, we'll see you see later. Speak to you next week. Bye. Okay. Ozzy, no, this is normal. This is now. This is how I'm going to look from now on. He says, "I didn't know you were a wolf." What are you? There's nothing in here you would like.